So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing the season one, episode two of Love During Lockup. In this episode, Max introduces us to his OnlyFans co-star, Alessa. Haley feeds the duck with her son, Hendrix. Indy's mom, Yolanda, gets serious about investigating Harry. Gabby throws a tantrum when she can't get access to Chris's money. Ty questions Hottie and Boston's relationship. And we are in- introduced to Santiba, an aspiring TikTok dancer who is dating Talsey, an inmate with drug trafficking charges. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going pretty good. A uh, nice long weekend because we're at the end of our semester and it's Martin Luther King Day. So happy Martin Luther King. Yes, yes. Let's keep that going. The legacy of Dr. King and all that like stuff. Like, I feel like we need we, we needed a lot more now than we did before. <laughs> Still a lot of work to do, right? And speaking of legacies, it's also your birthday. Yes, it was my birthday weekend, so uh, I'm old now. Um, <laughs> oh, shush, you're still younger than me. Not too old for most of the people on this show. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of older, uh, we met one of our couples for the first time on this episode, and they, they're they not age-inappropriate or anything like that, but a little bit of an older couple that we're kind of used to seeing, and that was mm-hmm. uh, Santiba and Telzi. So Santiba is a 39-year-old from Portland, Maine. She's a social media dancer, so it's important that her body is fit. She's lost 92 pounds since she got divorced. And no, she's not talking about her ex. Santiba's dating life has been a mess. That is until she saw a show on TV where an inmate married a civilian. She was curious about how they all met. And it ends up that they met on a website. So Santiba went to the same website hoping to meet her soulmate. And that's how she met Telzi. 40, who is in a federal max security prison for drug trafficking and possession of weapons. Telsey says he got a lot of hits on the site, but says that the chemistry wasn't there like with Santiba. Santiba admits to her friend that she has spent several thousand dollars in the nine months because uh, since she's been talking to Telsey. She says it's because he has to buy email and phone time to talk to her. So uh, Santiba gives Telsey the money. Telsey has been complimenting her and makes her feel really good about herself. And he's also been helping her with her fitness journey, kind of acting like a personal trainer. Her friend cautions her and, you know, her friends worry because Santiba can be naive because she doesn't really hang out with criminals all the time. All right. We had just made some note about this uh, before that not the most interesting couple. Like, you know, no. nothing yeah, really I've... going on here. Yeah, I've. I, I feel like we had specifically, I think, feel like this season because it's the love during lockup, right? There had to be like a hook that we hadn't seen from right. people. And I think we haven't gotten it yet, right? Like we had, yes. you know, we had Gabby actually getting money from the person in prison. Right. Um, we're going to talk about all of Max's nonsense that comes up later, right? There's a lot of like, oh, this is different than what we usually see. Whereas this one seemed like straightforward, right? Exactly yes. what they always have, like a very standard story. Right. It doesn't even have the standard like our entire family is against us, you know, like that's pretty typical, I would say, but we didn't even see that. So I just felt felt this couple was a little boring. They really didn't seem to have any kind of draw. I think they started to touch on Santiba's weight loss journey. But at the same time, it's kind of like that's not enough of a draw, especially for this show. You know, Mm -hmm. good. You lost some weight, but that really has nothing to do with your prison boyfriend. I mean, being a very cringy TikTok dancer is might be something that they like to have just so they can show that a lot of times. (laughs) Um, Because because that was with me. I don't know about you, but I definitely well, you probably wrote it down because you were taking notes on this couple. But I I went Mm -hmm. through like half of this and went back and was like, wait, how old is she? Because she seemed a lot older than 39 to me. Yeah, uh, I don't really know uh, why she looks older than 39, but I just thought it was 
you know, interesting that you got a couple that's like kind of age appropriate. That's older. Oh, yeah, totally. Because usually th- that's not what happens on the show. If you get someone who's older on the show, it's because they're dating someone who's younger on the show or you just get a younger couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like and then the other thing that, like, you know, kind of cause it's fun. I think it's funny that, you know, they always say, well, how did you end up on the prison websites? Because that's going to have to come up. Right. Mm hmm. And this one was just like, I can't imagine watching a show that was about like, this woman ended up married to a murderer. And she was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. How do I get in on that? Okay. <laughs> that, that being said, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like how many people out there watch Love After Lockup and think, huh, I wonder if this is a viable option to like find a partners to go on a prison pal website. I bet you there's a there's a good number of people who watch this show and not necessarily look at the couples as aspiration goals or anything like that. Maybe we have a couple in there every once in a while, but think about like, hey, my dating life sucks. There just doesn't seem to be anyone that, you know, is out there. And let's try something new. This is something new. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I start to worry, but the more worrying trend that I feel like the show has coming up on it, though, is the people who tend to watch this. Watch how they beg for people to apply all every week. No, oh, like, yeah. you ever. Right. 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 And that kind of makes me wonder about her, too. Yeah. And go, hmm, this might be a way for me to get on TV. Exactly. Huh. Because it seems odd. And I think this is part of the reason why it's we don't see it very often. Um, Santiba being 39 and, you know, wanting to be on the show, but also like trying to make it as a social media, like TikTok person kind of makes sense why she'd want to be on the show for some exposure. Yeah, totally. Like who's going to watch this show and probably start looking up her TikToks of. I don't know. I I feel like I I saw enough. I mean, it wasn't bad, but, you know, I mean, it wasn't the, the, the thing was it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was just like it looked age inappropriate. Like there's nothing – even if you're a good dancer, when you don't look like – when you're trying to look like somebody you're not or somebody <laughs> that isn't your age, then it looks like, OK, what are you doing here, lady? Like – OK. Like, if you want to see cringy dancing, uh, Teen Mom, the uh, Janelle from Teen Mom and her TikTok dance videos are so awkward. Like they're just – Wow, it's like she just needs to loosen up or something. But, you know, so and that's really like I don't pay any attention to TikTok. If I've seen TikTok videos, it's because they're not on TikTok. And I think that's how I've seen the Janelle videos. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like that is really my only association with TikTok is Janelle videos. And so it's kind of like in comparison, Santiba is like, I don't know, (laughs) Michael Jackson dancer style. (laughs) All right. So. Since we said that's pretty boring, let's all move on to another person who really honestly might just be on here for social media purposes, and that's Max and Tara. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so probably. Max is still upset about being stood up by Tara when he comes back, and I've got very confused starting right here as soon as he walks in the door. <laughs> I think it's back to his house, and we meet his friend slash roommate slash business partner slash sexual partner Alessa. So yeah, it's an extremely weird situation that only gets weirder as the segment goes on. Mm-hmm. So he comes in and they start by hugging. And at the end of the hug, she clearly goes in for a kiss that he kind of pulls back from. But she's making dinner, which, you know, is incomplete because it doesn't have a protein source. And they sit down to eat. So at that point, he walks us through like, who is Alessa? It's somebody that he met on Tinder and then just said one thing led to another, which apparently the another is this situation where they live together, sleep in the same bed every night, uh, and do porn on OnlyFans together. Uh, so bizarre. And also have a sexual relationship, although that might just be limited to the porn that they do. Um, but they are certainly not romantic partners. So... Uh, then they get talking about his not date with Tara and how she didn't show. And, you know, Alessa's like, this lady's just trying to get money out of you, as is the standard types conversations. So, of course, Max thinks Tara doesn't seem like that sort of girl. She's very stand up and blah, 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 blah. So Alessa says she kind of feels jealous about this. But Max doesn't understand why, since they don't have a relationship, just a business partnership. So anyway, later, they're getting ready for bed at the his and her sinks. And we learned that Tara has a few kids and also that Max says he doesn't judge people 
based on like the things that they did. Um, and he would date pretty much anybody because it was all in the past. Although maybe not a murderer. <laughs> so then they go to bed and Alessa lays it on really thick and she's laying in the bed waiting for her and basically asks why he's messing around with inmates when she's like right there and presumably ready to do a lot more than be business partners. Uh, anyway, he tells her to drop it and turns off the lights and then starts trying to text or message Tara in the dark. Okay, so let's, do, let's start with the underlying thing, as I said. Is Max in this for anything except for more views on his OnlyFans page? Uh, no, um, he definitely is here to get some kind of following because I don't understand his situation at all. I don't understand why he... It, it's like being in prison is like the only thing he cares about. He hasn't seen Tara. He hasn't seen her, you know, other than her mugshots. He kind of seems mm-hmm. to have like zero standards, just only that they're in prison. And then you've got Alessa, who is not in prison. And he did say at one point, not in this episode, that looks were very important to him. So Alessa, well, cute looking girl. Oh, yeah. She's super hot. Like, like it's crazy. Yeah, who's doing freaky stuff with him on OnlyFans. Yeah, clearly he was attracted to her because they matched on Tinder, right? Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand, like, any woman but Alessa just because they're in prison and you haven't even seen them. It's just like, are you sure you're really wanting to date these prison people? I'm very suspicious of his motives. Yes, I. it just seems like since he got into the show as somebody who never talked to or met or saw the person that was in prison, like, how does the show even, like, approve that? Like, you, you don't have a relationship. You just, like, said, hey, I want to be on this show. Yeah, I'll start messaging somebody who's in prison. Like, I'll just yeah. do that now. Right? Right. Because, I mean, okay, so let's say he does meet her. Like, who's going to put up with this situation? Like, okay, now let's take it for real. Let's say he gets a girlfriend, goes with Who's going to date or do any get anything serious with a guy who literally sleeps in the same bed with another person that he has sex with? Like, I know. It was also super bizarre. Like, how difficult is it for you guys to get two different beds? Like, that just – I was very confused by that. Right. I mean, because I get into what – I mean, it is a small room, I guess. You know, they live in uh, D.C. Row House. And, like – but still, you could fit two twin beds in that room instead of, like, the one king that they're sleeping on. Like, yeah. It's, it's possible. <laughs> My gosh. It, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I just – it's very clear that he doesn't want anything to do with Alessa in a lot of ways. Like, but yeah. it's just – the way he treated her just in this episode, it's like this – you know, you claim that this is your best friend and your roommate – but you didn't treat her that way. I thought he didn't treat her very respectfully at all, especially the side of him that kind of came out when he's like, just drop it. You know, yeah. I was just like, ugh, this is just rude. Right. Just drop it. Like, and it just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense because I really want to know more because it, it it's a way that he's like, yes, we do all the things that a couple does, but we're not a couple and just drop it asking me if we're a couple or not. And it's like, well, yeah. what? What, I don't understand what else would be happening if you weren't a couple. You wouldn't be randomly not talking to a couple of inmates. Like, that's how your life would materially know, change. Right? Yeah, I just don't think it's very fair to her. And I also feel like he is probably like, oh, it's my way or the highway. Like, if you don't yeah. like this arrangement, you can leave at any time. And yeah, so she's and like, because he said like, something. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said something. She was like, eh, I'm, I feel some kind of way about, you know, you talking to these girls. And he's mm-hmm. like, Where was that a rule? Where was that a rule that we made that rule? That we, we just said, and it was like, What? Why are we talking about rules? Like, that's a weird way to approach a friendship, even like, let alone yeah. a relationship, right? Well, I'm sure they did have to establish some kind of rules and things like that, like between them, if this is their arrangement, you know, because it's kind of like, if Alessa is or if we are to believe that she's actually into Max and wants to date him, mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be boundaries, you know, sure. who's allowed to see who and, you know, are they allowed to bring them back to the house? And like what, are, you know, because it sounds like they do threesomes on OnlyFans, too. So yes. 
you know, it's like one of those things where it's like you do almost have to make rules. So I would not be surprised if they talked about what the rules were. No, you totally if you're going to if there's I mean, even from my opinion, even if you're going to if there's going to be at least even one threesome, there has to be rules, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be rules about who does what and how who can do what with who and who can do what without who and things like that. Right. And with who. But like I get that. But it was like he brought rules into like I'm going to say how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And he brought well, – well, that's not against the rules though, right? Because she, she was like – she feels bad. Like whatever the rules are, sure, he's allowed to talk to these prisoners. She's just like, I feel bad that like like you rejected me and are instead going after this inmate that you've never seen, right? Yeah. Like that makes me feel bad. And he's like, well, there's oh, no yeah, rules. Says, I can't do it. And it's like, OK, well, she's still allowed to feel bad that you rejected her in favor of a possible catfish. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I do find that when people do things like that and I can't recall any couples on the show, but when people, you know, reject who's in front of there to be like, oh, this mystery other option is just like, but then they keep them around enough where it's like a backup option. It's just like, that's yeah. not fair. It's not. It's not. Totally not. Yeah. Um. Okay. He definitely does steroids right because we saw yeah we saw him without the shirt on he's got crazy case of back knee i was like this confirms it right yes totally 100 percent. and the more we see him the more i just think he is like this kind of ridiculous like character that at first glance you're like oh i could see like the curb appeal of someone like this but the more we see him the more i'm kind of like and has nothing to do with what he's doing or his personality but it's like you start to notice things like I think he has braces and he's got this back knee. And I mean, and he it... seems to be wearing lipstick. Yes. Like and perms himself in a way that you're kind of like, oh, and I also wonder a little bit if he's wearing like some kind of color contacts to make his eyes even lighter color. That would make sense because his eyes kind of have that weird like shark yeah. type vibe to him. Like, yes, those are like, definite yeah. like vampire vibe. I'm like, what yeah. is going on here? So, like, all of those combined, I'm just like, this guy is just so ridiculous looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just and ridiculous acting, too. Like, he, it, it's just a bad package. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Indy and Harry. So, if you recall from last week, uh, Indy was telling her family about Harry and moving to Indi- – oh, oh, sorry, Ohio, not Indiana. Uh, yeah. The family is still trying to talk some sense into Indy, and Indy escapes to talk to Harry, who tries to reassure her. Indy's mom, Yolanda, then takes her aside to talk to her. Yolanda says she knows what these guys do in jail because of her job as a bounty hunter and private investigator. Indy justifies sending money to Harry because she wants to talk to him, and that's the only way how. Indy gives Harry about 400 or more a month. She doesn't quite remember, which Yolanda doesn't really, you know, she thinks she's lying because Yolanda knows she's tight with her money. And Yolanda, bigger picture, thinks that uh, Harry shouldn't be taking any money from a single mom. They continue to argue and Indy says that Yolanda is more than welcome to investigate Harry because she wants an apology when she sees that Harry is exactly who he says he is. Indy is later talking to Harry about potentially moving to Ohio because that's what Ann Iris has said. Uh, Harry says that he just wants what's best for her if that means moving to Ohio or just staying where she is. Indy is getting frustrated that Harry doesn't seem excited about the idea of her moving to Ohio and is seemingly noncommittal in his reaction. Yolanda is talking to a co-worker about her investigation into Harry. She finds out that amongst his charges, he also has a kidnapping charge, which is what Yolanda is the most worried about. She wonders, is he going to kidnap my uh, daughter and my grandbabies? Yolanda thinks that Indy probably doesn't know any of this, and she's just taking him at his word. Yolanda is planning on going to Ohio to dig deeper into the the whole Harry situation. All right, so uh, going back to Harry and Indy's conversation, Harry kind of seemed like, yeah, whatever, you're moving to Ohio. Uh, Do you think that Harry wants Indy to move to Ohio? I don't think it makes any difference to Harry where she is. Like, he's in prison. So if she's in Ohio (laughs) and she still can't really visit him, then what does it matter if if you're talking to me in a phone in Ohio, if you're talking to me in a phone in Maryland? Like, why does that matter? 
Yeah, sometimes I keep forgetting that this is love during lockup because maybe there's potential for his parole at some point. And at that point, we got a situation like uh, Sean and Sarah where, you know, Harry's not going to be able to leave the state of Ohio when he's on probation. And so it would make sense that Indy would then move to Ohio then. But yeah, we haven't heard about anything Harry getting out but maybe it is possible that she'll get to see him more frequently. And, and the caveat to that, too, is um, if, if it's a federal charge, then it's a federal prison. Then the state thing isn't the same. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what I would correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm confusing it with somebody else. Isn't that what um, Yolanda's like coworker was saying? Like kidnapping. That's a federal charge. Yeah. Like, oh, man, like that that's going to come up. Like, so and then that doesn't matter as much either. Right. So but. It's because this whole move to Ohio thing is completely premised around, let's assume that it's a Sean Sarah situation where if he does get out, he can't leave the state. Right. That's completely premised around Aniris's prediction that he's getting out next month. Like Harry has no oh, right. about getting out next month. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, my god. And so to him, he's like, oh, I'll go to Ohio, go to Memphis. I don't care. What, what does it matter to me? Yeah. Yeah. And I can see why he would say, well, what's ever best for you? Because I think what he probably is more concerned about is like, I, you know, maybe he's not as serious about Indy as he's saying, and he doesn't want her ruining her life and her daughter's life to move to Ohio to be with a guy who's kind of like, oh, I've just been saying this because, you know, it's just easy to have this relationship while I'm in prison. But I don't know what it's going to be like on the outside. And like Yolanda, Yolanda says to to her, like, who knows how many girls he's doing this with? Because I, we yeah. see that all the time. I don't understand how they'd have any time to talk to anybody else. And I was like, I don't think they understand how much free time people have for their prison. I know. Like, <laughs> it's like you have a job. What do you think you're doing when you're at work? Yeah. Like, they're just doing this, of course. Yeah, they got yeah. all the time. But, although I kind of wish the show would do go a little bit more to kind of differentiating between spending money on someone and giving money to them right because yeah because because yolanda like implies oh you're taking he's taking this money from this single mom and i was like mm-hmm. i got the impression from indy that most of the money goes to paying for his phone calls yes which are super duper expensive could make a phone call out of prison especially a video call like they do uh, absolutely. I know they can do like the collect calls or whatever, and we get that sometimes. And so it's a way that you're not actually like having to give them the money. Right. Right. They always get the uh, press one to accept the charges. We hear that all the right. time when people call. Right. Right. But I think Indy is talking about that money and Yolanda is just like, you're giving him all this money to do what? And she's mostly says it's still a lot. And we d- definitely do not. We frown upon definitely the situations where it's like you are a single parent. Like, why are you putting all your money, the the money that you don't really have? I mean, at least in Indy's defense, Yolanda very much makes it sound like she's good with her money and good in a sense where she's like very aware of her money. Right. So she's she, so Yolanda doesn't believe for a second that she doesn't know exactly how much she spent. And that's always that that's part of the concerning thing, too. Right. Sometimes both. There's both concerns. Right. There's mm-hmm. a concern of the people who um, just spend all whatever money they get as soon as it comes in their pocket that 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 the, that the other people in their life are like, what are you going to do with your no money? You're broke all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the other way where this is concerning because it's like you're such a tightwad in every other aspect of your life. Like you don't spend yeah. any money on anything. And all of a sudden this guy comes up and you're just throwing $400 a month at him. Like that's concerning that this caused such a shift in your personality. Like what is, what's right. going on there? Yeah. 400. I, I know it seems like not a lot, but only in comparison to, you know, when you hear about these other couples that are spending thousands and thousands, but 400 right. is a lot. It is. I mean, it's, I'm trying to think that would be my, that would be my highest car bill payment. after rent, right? Yeah. Well, that's higher than my car payment. Yeah. Yeah. Even that. So yeah, that that's that's a that is quite a lot. Like right. not as high as my taxes, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to oh, let's get with uh let's go to Haley and Dalton. Speaking of collect calls and stuff. So Haley and her son Hendricks are going to the park for the, you know, parent drop-off with her ex Jarrett, with whom she shares custody. 
Haley gives us a rundown of the history between them. They were basically soulmates or whatever until she found out that she was sleeping with her best friend when she was home in another room. Mm-hmm. So things got a bit rocky after that. And, you know, after years of struggle, they're at a good place for co-parenting now. So they have a conversation about the relationship between Haley and Dalton. While Hendrix may or may not be getting a bunch of ducks sick by feeding them popcorn, Jared is not a fan of the relationship and calls Dalton the waste of time and money. He has this whole story about how traumatic it was for him as a child to visit his dad in prison. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that kept him from going down that path. So he really doesn't want Hendrix to have to go through that same kind of thing for a guy that isn't even his dad. He also thinks that Dalton may or may not be be who he pretends to be in the letters he writes to Haley. He thinks that she's just pushing into this with her head down and, you know, she and he isn't going to just let any old guy be his stunt stepdad. So later, now that Haley is all alone, it's time for her date night with Dalton. So she sets up some flowers, starts cooking what she says is a steak and tells <laughs> us about the date night. She makes a nice meal and describes what it tastes like as she eats it with Dalton on the phone. Uh, she says it's good for rehearsal for when he's going to be out as and it's a way to keep the romance alive um, until he's released. She uh, is surprised when he actually calls on time and she's very impressed with herself for making the steak, potatoes and broccoli a vegetable. Miss H, could you imagine <laughs> an adult cooking a vegetable? And then lies to him about the the steak being uh, medium rare because it's clearly well done. It's just fried. Anyway, she eats all the food and makes all these yummy noises, especially about the cheese because it tastes like garlic. She can taste the garlic and the garlic cheese. Yeah. She's a little too enthusiastic about this food. Don't on the other end just be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. That sounds great. It's it's like a weird food porn. Yeah, it was like food porn. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, then she moves on to talking to him about house shopping. She wants to buy a new house, but she has her $30,000 or so to put down. And the house she's looking at only has two bedrooms, which doesn't leave room for their future daughter. Hint, 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 hint. (laughs) Of course, it's up to her to get the mortgage on her own because – she feels like he's not going to be able to qualify for a mortgage or, you know, get the house if, if as a felon. So in other news, she's also connected with his dad on Facebook and is going to meet him. Dalton actually thinks that's a terrible idea because he doesn't like or have very many memories of his father, but she hopes that she can be the bridge to rekindle their relationship. All right. So let's just start with, well, actually, let's start with that. What was up with that steak? Like, was that even a steak? <laughs> I guess that was like the biggest hunk of meat. I couldn't even tell roast, what kind right? of cut it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, okay. But after the steak, it was so bad. Like, I mean, do you think this meeting his dad and trying to rekindle his dad's relationship is remotely a good idea? Okay. So I need to know more information because I was thinking that we definitely were given the impression that Dalton comes from money and that he was, you know, grew up in a good home. So it's like, well, did you have money because of your dad? Is your good home like your mom and your dad and now they're divorced or were they divorced and it was your stepdad and your mom that had money or it was on your mom's side? Because I could definitely see Haley kind of angling for, well, your dad is well off. Let's make sure your relationship is better so that way. You know, we can be in a position where if your dad is feeling generous, we could maybe benefit from this because I keep wondering why Haley has to give Dalton any kind of money for things like an attorney if Dalton's family has money. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. I didn't think about that angle. I had kind of in my head gone to the stepdad has money angle, right? And this Mm -hmm. is his real dad that was in and out of his life and blah, blah, blah. And that's that's kind of who we rekindled. And she just is in – I mean, I feel like she's young and she's definitely in a I can fix him. We're going to oh, fix this sure. guy mode yeah, and like we'll, we'll reconnect him with his dad and that's going to help fix him. Like – I mean, which is just – I mean, as you know, the older and wiser people that we are, we know is just doomed for failure. Like, right. It, because I just feel like that thing, that thing where you're trying to reconnect somebody with a parent that maybe wasn't in their life. And especially mm-hmm. when – especially if it's a, if that's that, if it is that stepdad situation where he kind of feels like, I already have a dad and it's not that guy. 
right? Yeah. That that's something that has to happen on their terms and on their timeline. You cannot force that to happen. Yeah, but I could also see Haley made it sound like she has a good relationship with her dad because when she was talking about the house, she was saying, oh, my dad helped find this house. So it definitely sounds like Haley is frequently talking to her dad. Her dad knows about the situation. It sounds like her dad even helps her out sometimes. Uh, And so I can see like when someone has such a great relationship with their parent and they see someone else who has a struggling relationship with their parent that Mm -hmm. you would kind of like be like, oh, but you're missing out on so much. Like my relationship is so great. You could have that, too. And being naive enough to not realize that not everybody's going to have the same connection that you have. And not everybody's going to have, like, as good of a person as their parent as you right. have, right? Yeah. Like, you might have this great connection to a shitty, shitty person. Some people's parents are shitty. Like, right, And, and right. They, maybe they shouldn't have a connection with them. Yeah. So that's why I said I need a little bit more information because I could definitely see Haley kind of playing, like, the money angle of this. Like, you know, well, we're going to need some family support here. We're going to need some family financial support. We can't get it all from me, my settlement, and my family. So what does your family have to offer? Yeah, yeah. So what did you make of uh, Jarrett? He seems so down to earth and like normal. And then you see he has face tattoos <laughs> and like tattoos. haggard clothes where his shirt was turned inside out because who knows what offensive thing he had on it. And it's just yeah, like, that's oh my fair. gosh. He had the tattoo on like right on the forehead line. He had some janky, some clearly cheeks. homemade Wu-Tang tattoo on his neck. Like it's like, wow, like that. Yeah. that's a lot. But yeah. And his pants were all ripped up. And I was just like, what? Is going on here but, but then the things the way he, he said talked, were all reasonable yeah, yeah super <laughs> reasonable had a super chill voice was and even how he voiced his concerns was way more in a place where Haley didn't get defensive right and that's i think one of the bigger things is you always have these family members concerned friends almost coming at this person like wake up why can't you see that this is an idiot move and you know he definitely didn't approach it that way he's just like well i'm just worried about you and her son and you know it's not like i'm trying to get back together again with you but yeah, I just want to make sure you guys are safe because they're going to be in Hendrick's life. And everything he said, super reasonable. Right. I mean, he was right in that, you know, I'm looking out. I'm mostly, mostly concerned. It's none of my business, but I'm concerned about, right. you know, how is it going to affect my son? Which And the things he was concerned about were things that would legitimately and directly affect right. his son. But sometimes I feel like sometimes they, you know, reach too far. For things that will affect their son, like, you know, and, and it's just like, well, I feel like he's going to blah, 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 blah. And that's going to affect my son. It's like, but that doesn't have anything to do with your son. I don't understand. Yeah. I feel like their car is only going to have two seats and uh, that's really going to impact my son's life. And it's like, oh, what? Gosh. I'm confused. <laughs> well, that was the one thing that Haley said that I was confused by because Haley's trying to reassure uh, Jarrett and tell him, you know, like, oh, don't worry. Like. You know, Dalton won't make any decisions in his life. And it's just kind of like, why was that even on the table in the first place? Like, that's not his kid. Why would what Dalton has to, you know, why would Dalton have any kind of input on decisions in Hendrick's life? That doesn't make any sense. But I mean, he does in a way. He's going to decide like where they, he's going to help decide where they live. Right. Is And that, that impacts, especially depending on who has the custody, which impacts which school he goes to. Right. Which impacts. So he's there indirectly. But I don't know. Some some step parents, my understanding is they'll come in there and be like, no, under my roof, you won't play any video games under my roof or under my roof. You will play all the video games, even though the other parent decided no video games or whatever it is. Right. They come in and they kind of be like, this is my house and it's my rules. And you don't get to make other other rules or other decisions for this kid if he's going to be in my house. And like. It's a poisonous relationship like that. I don't think those relationships tend to work out. It They tend to work out best if the step parent, you know, is there to guide and is there for help and support, but is also like whatever you two as the parents decide is what we're going with. All right. Um, Jared just seems so reasonable that it was it's like you almost have to remember, oh, no, this guy completely cheated on Haley, you know, while they were living together, while she was, uh-huh. you know, raising their infant so it's kind of like, oh, it's yeah, it was a little hard to believe that he yeah, would do that. Yeah, I mean, that. that just seems like, and that's like, I don't know, that's one of the worst forms of cheating, I feel like, 
to yeah. me at least is that one where you're just like, well, I just wanted to do it with somebody and she was the closest one to me. So, well, we did it I also think it's especially <laughs> terrible because it's like completely reckless abandon, like. You know, like, oh, you could find out because we're doing it in the home. And I don't give a shit, like, if you get hurt or traumatized by this situation. Right. It's just, it's like, you didn't even have enough, like, I don't need to say foresight or or caring about her to just find somebody else that she didn't Mm -hmm. know that you went to bang. You were just like, well, this is the closest available person to have sex with. So that is what I will do. Like, there we go. Oh, yeah. Um, It is weird. And I have to keep reminding myself, these people aren't necessarily getting out anytime soon because a lot of like how they talk about things is like them getting out soon. Yeah. I mean, and but I thought this one, he does have a parole hearing or something relatively soon. Like this one, Mm -hmm. at least there is a potential for him to get out. Right. In a in a sub you know time frame whether it's just like he's in and we have no idea he's it'll be years before he's out yeah well speaking of uh people who are hoping to get out soon uh let's talk about chris and gabby so gabby is supposed to be going wedding dress shopping with her mother sharon sharon would rather pull weeds than go wedding dress shopping literally yeah i like sharon so far (laughs) yeah Yeah, good job sharon Gabby got a letter from Chris saying that he is in solitary and he won't be able to communicate over phone for a couple of weeks. Sharon says that Gabby is rushing into this marriage and the whole thing is just foolish. Gabby insists that Chris will be her husband and the father of her children so her mom can just kiss her ass if she's not going to be supportive. Gabby then storms off saying not to call her and Sharon assures her she won't. Gabby then goes wedding dress shopping with her friends instead. Gabby wants a white mermaid-style wedding dress that is simple. Even though she says that, what she wants to, uh, what she continues to pick out when they go wedding dress shopping is the dresses with the most sparkle and the most bling and therefore very expensive. The dress she picks out in the end is a $30,000 dress for her ceremony and she couldn't decide between that one and another $15,000 dress, $15, dress for a reception. She says that she has no budget for her dress. Her friends then question how she's going to pay for this. And she tells them that whenever she wants money, Chris's lawyers arrange for her to pick up a check. Gabby estimates that she has spent about $60,000 of Chris's settlement money. And uh, if we recall, his settlement was for $150,000. She calls the lawyers to request the money. And the lawyer says he can't give her the money right at this moment because he needed Chris's approval for the request. But he's not able to get Chris's approval at the moment because Chris, if you recall, is in solitary confinement. Gabby then just gets irrationally mad at the lawyer and starts yelling at him, asking why this is a problem when Chris has approved every request she has ever sent before. She has to leave the wedding uh, dress shop empty-handed because she doesn't have access to the money and she can't put a deposit down for the dresses. Okay, why do you think that Gabby got so mad and basically took it out on the lawyer? Because Gabby is an irrational person and she just didn't get what she wanted and she blamed it on the person who was telling her she couldn't have what she wanted. And all she knows how to do when she doesn't get what she wants is to yell at the person that says she can't have it. Like that, yeah. that seems pretty straightforward to me and super frustrating because I've known more than a couple of people like that in my teaching career that are just yes. like the same thing. Why can't I just do this? And it's like, well, because you can't. That's against the rules. I can't let you do it. And they're like, but I don't understand. You should just break the rules for me. Like it's just it's crazy and infuriating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, Okay, let's go back to the letter for a second. So she got the letter from Chris, and I almost wanted to call, like, shenanigans. Didn't it look like she wrote that letter herself? It could be. It could have been. Yeah. That was not his writing. It didn't seem like his handwriting. Now you say that I've seen some I've seen some handwriting that I did not expect to come out of certain people like before. (laughs) Well, that guy has some girly like middle school writing. You know, almost with the hearts over it. I specifically have seen that and was like, what? What? That's your that's your handwriting? And then I'll watch them write and I'll be like, well, that is your handwriting. Look at that. <laughs> How about it? Oh, goodness. 
Yeah, it was suspicious. Yeah, probably, pro- it's probably my guess is probably he wrote something that was illegible, and they had to just copy that over again and then show it to your mom. Like, yes, I-, I could see that because especially for the show, for the show, you know? yeah, for yeah. the show, and so I-, I could see that. But like, man, boy, I just cannot get over this lady. Like she, he. He got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar settlement. Oh yeah, and she's just mowing right through it. The sixty thousand she already spent, forty five thousand on dresses, and at least twenty thousand on at least eighteen thousand. We decided last week on this venue. She's burned through eighty percent of it already. Oh and yeah, that's a, and that's assuming that the, that the hundred and fifty was after the lawyer's cut. Yeah, right. Because uh, I yeah. and I doubt it is. I doubt you get a hundred fifty dollars thousand dollar settlement. And that's what like. Well, maybe maybe not because a lot of times I guess they um, if you lose a case like that, the loser has to pay the attorney fees for the for the winner. Right. Well, I wonder a little bit. Is she going to be around when this money is all gone? And then you know what? Well, the money's going to be gone on Tuesday. It's gone. Like. <laughs> And the scenario really lends itself to what's going to play out is Chris is going to get out of prison, you know, and then she's going to want this lifestyle continue to be bankrolled. And he's going to be like, oh, shit, what do I do for money now? OK, well, the only thing I really know how to do is drug dealing. Back to the drugs. So yep, back to we'll dealing drugs. Back to drug dealing. And he's going to end up in prison again. And, you know, it's and then like, she's going to dump him because he's not getting that no money now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, because she won't understand that. Like if she was this mad at the lawyer for being like, I can't give you somebody else's money. Like that's literally what the lawyer was saying. I cannot give you somebody else's money unless they tell me to. Like and and I get I get the rule that you can't just say, well, I'm going to sign this thing that says anytime this person asks for money, give it to them. Like I I get that rule, too. Like that that makes sense. Why don't you just sign all the money over to her? And just let yeah. her have it. Yeah. If that's what you were going to do, you might as well have just – yes. Because you're right. If, if you wanted that person to have full access to the money, then you would have given them all the money up front. And you yeah. would have said, put this money in this person's bank account, right? And then she would just have the money to use. Um, so everything makes sense. On the rules, just they make sense. But like – and this is how she reacted to this one. How is she going to react when the lawyer – when she says, give me $30,000 and the lawyer says, there's not $30,000 left in the account. Right. I just don't understand what she's doing. You know, it's like she she knows that there is a limit to the money. And so I just really don't understand, like, how she's just burning through this money, like not Mm -hmm. thinking about their future at all. She's just thinking about what she wants with this wedding dress. And oh, my gosh, I don't know anyone who has spent even $15,000 on one wedding dress. That just seems so absurd to me. Yeah. Yeah. And she bought her $15,000 dress was the freaking cocktail dress for the reception. Yeah. <laughs> like that wasn't even yeah. a nice dress. Like, it, it's just it, I just think there's and I, I get the impression that she probably grew up without too much money because I think there's a certain amount of money for pretty much mm-hmm. everyone that just trips a switch in their brain and just goes infinity that money is infinity like i can just whatever i don't have to worry about it anymore that money is gone and i just i mean and and it depends on where you are and how you grew up like certainly for the two of us one hundred fifty thousand dollars is not that money right Mm -hmm. it's not so much that i'm like whoop done worrying about money like i'm like no no that's yeah that's that's like some people's like annual salary so you can live for a year which is kind of how i see it you know it's like okay this could get you by for a year but that's assuming that you're not spending it on like wedding dresses that cost like forty five thousand dollars get me by on a slightly night a a year with a couple more vacations than i usually take like that that's what it is it's not like uh, infinity right but i mean to me something like for me, infinity money, I think, would have to be over $10 million before I'd be like, all right, whatever. I just have the money for it. Like, forget it, right? Yeah. I definitely think of it like annual salary. You know, it's like, yes. okay, if you did have like, you know, $10 million, be like, okay, well, that's more s- salaries than I would need in my, you know, like the years I have left to live. Yes. Like, yes. It, and what I am, I'm like, okay, so in order to, to, that that would be my salary until I'm like 500 years old. So I'm like, all right, right okay. I can. <laughs> so I think we're good. Right. I think yeah, we're good. I think that's how I kind of see it too. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh, but still at the same time, like, 
if you think that 150000 is kind of this, like, unlimited lifetime money, it's like, you, but you have to know, you have to be able to do some simple math, right? Right, the math that we just did watching the show. Minus <laughs> 60, and you're yeah. just kind of like, okay, that's what you've spent so far. How much do you have left? So how many more years do you have left to spend this, considering it's taken you a year to spend 60? And I seriously don't understand the just the thought process behind it and the complete selfishness. Forget the actual money and forget the actual being able to do math, right? Mm-hmm. Um, half of it, right? You know that 60 is more than half of it. I don't yeah. understand, wow, this person got something so terrible happened to them that they had to pay, you know, the, the perpetrators had to pay $150,000 for mm-hmm. punishment. For the yeah. thing that happened to him. Yeah, and he doesn't even but get to spend the money. I should get to spend all this money. And he doesn't get I to know. spend any money. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Because you make in your head, and she does this totally. Well, yeah. spending money on me is him spending the money on himself. Because he likes me so much that me – it's just that completely selfish attitude of like <sighs> – But what he wants to do with the money is give me nice things. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that dude could spend $60,000 on his own on himself when he wanted to. I'm sure he right, could. Right, right. Yeah. She's, yeah, not my favorite. Oh, yeah. She's very bad. She's very bad. They're all really, they're all, a lot of, they found some terrible people this season. They really, they really, really did. They really did. Yeah. Speaking of terrible, our yeah, next like group. Yeah, like we said, So, Ty, the mortician, so we kind of got half mentioned last time, but this time we get to see it in action, is all about to get work on an embalming. So she's got all of her PPE on, and she says that she chose her line of work following her child, following her long childhood trauma involving her mentally ill mother, who was always scared of death at, due to her schizophrenia. And to get through that, Ty, we know, specifically wanted to, in life, always look death in the face, which brought her to this line of work. So Ronaldo, her boss, who is not wearing like any PPE besides a face mask, (laughs) are working when her phone, which she forgot to put on silent, rings. Since they've already begun the work, she can't answer the phone and contaminate it. So she should have put it on silent, but, you know, it just keeps ringing like every two, three minutes. So she assumed that it was, you know, Boston, Hottie's side piece or whatever, blowing up her phone. But after the phone just keeps ringing, Ronaldo tells her to just scrub out and deal with it. So he's not really comfortable with all this this hugely unstable situation in, in Ty's life affecting her work. So she finally does go to the bathroom and answer the phone, and it isn't Boston after all. It's Hottie, who says that Boston is just a trip and nobody, blah, 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 blah. So she doesn't like how this is impacting her work either, so she just wants everybody to chill. Her His explanation for who Boston was and what's going on here basically just amounts to bitches be crazy. <laughs> so she's very suspicious about the situation. So she's dealt with similarly suspicious situations before. And usually what that ends up with is, you know, she's got her whole boyfriend system and she can replace any of them in one minute. So if she finds out Boston, Hottie's really been messing with this Boston, one day she'll have a new she'll have a new number one. But then we also get more of Ty in the, you know, throwaway funny commercial segment where she's telling us about her ideal Sunday night. She gets into a bubble bath and copy and paste messages to as many more inmates as she can. At least three or four new inmates a week. After that, she takes some tasteful nudes to send to her number one guy. All right. So, I mean, I, the only analogy I can come up with is that she's treating inmates like they're Pokemon. Right? <laughs> you said that last week. Yeah. Like, Trying to catch them all. She's trying to catch them all, right? Right? So, I mean, how easy – I mean, how connected to this number one guy can you possibly be if you also say you can replace him in a day? Um, I think she has intimacy issues in general, right? You almost mm-hmm. have to to not want to be close enough to your number one where you have all these backups. It's almost like you're – you have backups because you're afraid it's not going to work out with your number one. You're not even – she's not even afraid. She's just like, sure, it's not going to work out with the number one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's 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 not even like I kept a couple backups. She has an entire freaking backup infrastructure that yeah. she's built. It's like a terrain. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like she has like, I mean, honestly, why she doesn't work, she should go and work for like, you know, UPS or something to get these logistics straight because she's got oh a more goodness. complicated, you know, algorithm for sorting these guys out than she, ha than, you know, most places do for whatever business they have. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on with having to have so many guys. And, you know, last week when we saw that, it was a lot easier to be like, oh, this person is just like generally terrible. And I did feel like they tried to soften her up this week by kind of, you know, talking about her mom and schizophrenia and kind of introducing like these um, outside experiences that have affected why she would possibly do these questionably, I don't know, things that we would judge. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, just the way she talks about it, the way she talks about her yes. system, and the way she talks about being yes. able to replace people, it's all just like she's created an intricate game and she does not see any of them as people. They are all pieces in her game, right? And that's why even why I mentioned the Pokemon again, because it's like there are pieces in her game. She wants to maximize each one, get them to the highest point value possible, and collect her whole portfolio of what she has going on. She's not interested yeah. in... In actually doesn't seem like she's really interested in making that big of a connection with them because like her primary concern with the with them and who she picks is make sure it's somebody I never have to actually see in person and I yeah. can just continue to treat them like this. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, but considering Hottie is her number one right now, I did not like how he was just like, you're overreacting, you're overreacting when she was like talking about you know, like uh, Boston blowing up her phone. And it's like overreacting yeah. to what? She told you that this woman is like blowing up her phone every 15 minutes. Now, I'm sure Ty was exaggerating because in the whole segment that we saw her in, Boston didn't even call once. But she's yes. claiming to Hottie that, you know, she's getting calls from Boston every 15 minutes. And it's like, why is overreacting to that? That's not an overreaction. Someone's harassing her. Right. I mean, it does seem like... It does seem there's a couple of questions that I have about that, right? Yes. First yeah. of all, she doesn't – but and part of it's because what she says she's upset about isn't – well, she does say she's upset about her blowing up the phone. But mm -hmm. Hadi is just like, but I'm not messing with her so you don't have to worry about it. And she was like, okay. Well, she's like, hey, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and because it doesn't make any sense, he's clearly no, doing doesn't. something with her, right? Yeah. And, and to, to say not is like, well, okay, so now you think I'm stupid too, right? Yeah, yeah. But my other – Big question this week and last week is how has she not blocked that number? Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounded like at the beginning that she was calling from a blocked number and she mm -hmm. just assumes that whoever is calling from a blocked number is Boston. Yeah, I mean, my OK, so maybe it's because she has to deal with calling, getting all these calls from these random, mm -hmm. you know, inmates and things like that, that that is because mine is just like anybody who calls to a block number just gets straight to voicemail. Like that's I'm not oh, hearing that. It does not ring. Yeah, on my, mine on my phone. rings. But I think and now that I recall, there is a setting that allows you to accept or generally it's like, um, you know, general setting or something that says like, oh, but all block calls, I don't get them. And so for me, if you have a block call, I'm pretty sure it still goes through on my phone. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think I set that up as a option. I was like, hey, take all the block calls and send them straight to voicemail. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and especially once you have visit, once you have the visual voicemail and you don't even have to dial into voicemail anymore, you can just be like, all right, delete, 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 delete. And then, they, then you're like, it's not that I never have to hear what Boston says at all. Like it doesn't interrupt my work at all. And so, you know, especially your work of doing that i was also very concerned with him not wearing she had all of his gown and the face thing and the gloves and everything and he's sitting there also touching the body just like with the t-shirt on <laughs> like yeah. i was very confused about how this works i was confused about all of that just in general because it kind of almost seemed like she wasn't a mortician yet that she was almost like a mortician mm. in training you know, so sure. and that guy was kind of like her instructor or something. And I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I yeah, I don't know what's going on because they had talked to he said he made some comment about how she like or she said she was like thanking him. She's like, thank you so much for, you know, uh teaching me these things after I got out of school or something. And it kind of made it sound like she just got out of school recently. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. That is that is true. Because yeah, you would assume that you know if you were fully, you wouldn't be doing that with somebody, and especially not somebody who clearly. You're right. The more I think about that scene, was instructing her on what to do. Oh yeah. no! Don't put that. No, don't do it that way. Over over here, like you know, that that is that is true. So that might that might help. That might explain it a little bit. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think this might be everyone. Yeah, that was everyone we've seen so far. I don't know if yeah. there's another group that's going to pop up on us in a couple episodes, but I don't think so. I think that's everybody. Yeah, because Santiba and Talzi were our last couple that we had seen in the previews, at least from what we recall that we actually saw. So, uh, student of the week, I actually had Santiba as my student of the week because she really didn't do anything good or bad. <laughs> and if anything, she, she just... did something good, I guess existed <laughs> yeah. yeah existed to better herself as a person whether i guess that well is... yeah she talked about the the weight loss or whatever mm-hmm. i guess i guess so finding that love in new places <laughs> yes sure so i went with uh Haley. um whereas okay. i i know she's dumb but at least from what we saw she's at least earnest right she's mm-hmm. trying to do what she thinks is best um yes and not she's not deceiving anybody she's not you know hiding big secrets or lying she's just trying to get along as best she can so in this world that that earns you student of the week <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i don't disagree with you all right what about your dunce my dunce was gabby just okay. that one that one just i i it, it viscerally got me as like you pain in the ass who won't think two steps ahead just doesn't yeah. understand why i don't understand why the rules need to apply to me like, I should be above the rules, and, and it's your fault for not giving me the rules. That kind of person just drives me nuts. And yeah. th- so there. So I'm not even sure it was the worst thing we saw, but it was the thing that just, like, triggered me the most. Right. Okay. So my dunce was max, just everything. Yeah. What are you doing? And you're dragging other people into it, namely Alessa, you know, and this other Tara. You know, it's just like, I don't understand how you could be so cold to someone that very clearly is into you without actually rejecting them, you know, and yeah. just kind of stringing this person along, basically living like you are boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. it's it, it, And it's fine if he was like, I'm not into this girl like she is into me, but you should recognize that she's still super into you yes. and letting her kind of hang around is just cruel. Yes. No, very much so. And yeah, just... Yes, and I agree with you that he has ulterior motives with his whole OnlyFans. Right, which I know is always always a a big thing for you is always like like, you know, here for the wrong reasons kind of yes. stuff. But it was definitely like if you're just here to if the only reason you're here is to boost your social media presence, that those are the people you hate the most. Right. Yeah. And I'm starting to really get turned off by his look. Sure. Like almost like and I don't even mean turned off like I was turned on in the first place. But now it's almost like a vomit inducing look like I look at it and it's just like disgusted, like Ugh. disgust. Right. L- yeah. l- not, not less for like, man, eh, I can see where some people would go for that, but it doesn't do much for me to like. Nope. Nope. Actively negative. Yeah. Actively negative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So my life lesson is, you know, that uprooting yourself and moving to a whole other state is is a yeah. really big deal. And mm-hmm. there should be at least one person in your life that thinks you should do that before you do right. it. And that one person maybe should be the partner that you're yeah, moving I'm saying for. If, if your whole family is against it, okay. But like at least the partner that you're doing it for should be on board, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. not even happening in this scenario. Yeah. Okay, my uh, life lesson is directed towards Gabby. Uh, yelling at the wrong people, especially if they're unable to do anything for you, is just bad form. Uh, it's not productive. What are you doing? No, no. Just like the people who yell at the um, the counter workers at the airline. Like, yeah. They, they they're just doing do the best they can, man. They can't do anything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I can understand if people think they can do something, you know, because that's the other thing, too. It's like, you know, sometimes they're just, you know, well company policy i'm not going to do it but i could i could enter in this override code over here and do so and so i think that's what people think right and so that that's why they yell yes at those people. oh yeah there's a magic key that they could turn yeah. that they're just not they're purposefully right. not turning for you yes right but this is this guy can't do anything for you he I needs mean, he an could, approval he could he could he absolutely could give her the money and he would yeah. get fired oh like, sure uh, yes <laughs> yeah true and he would probably get disbarred so i'm not doing that for you <laughs> 
Right. Okay, so uh, we're just getting started with this group. And um, I was just telling Mr. O um, that you can actually watch these episodes. It seems to be for free on the Wii TV website because that's how I ended up watching it the second time around. And I didn't have to sign in or anything, which I, I guess is a good thing. So if you yeah. haven't been watching it, you know, check out the website. It's possible you may be able to see it for free depending on your location. Yeah, but fingers crossed if that, if that keeps up there. Yeah. All right. I mean, you did have to sit through a lot of commercials, but... Oh, you know. well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not so. unlike watching it live on TV either. Totally. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll see you all next week then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>